Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, good evening, folks. This is Chuck Bartok, back after a couple of week hiatus, and uh, here for our 273rd episode of You Can Build It, Your Business. Uh, as some of you know, uh, I made a, uh, a decision back a month or so ago to uh, return to a favorite company of mine that I'd been away from for about nine years, enjoying a <clears throat> comfortable retirement and having a lot of fun working with individuals in in a, my private consulting practice and I'm still doing that of course but uh, I was very honored that the principals of the company asked me to come back and kind of help them they've got some great ideas moving in a different direction and I think that uh, the game plan is in force and uh, we're moving in that direction a lot of exciting things happening. It's in a small niche market. It happens to be global, actually. We manufacture here in California and ship product primarily in the United States and Canada and Mexico, but we have uh, moved into South America, Africa, and some of the Far East. Uh, we build a pre-engineered modular building system. Uh, you just a flatbed truck arrives, and you unload these walls, which are built with a lot of integrity, and tilt them up, bolt them together, and voila, you have a building. Uh, the installation is quite quick, and uh, the uh, the building has a lot of integrity. In fact, one of the things that, that I'm having fun with is, as most of you know, the last few years, the eastern seaboard of the United States, uh, especially in the areas coming up from the Caribbean, have been hit pretty hard by hurricanes, a lot of devastating damage, and I remember years ago when I was active with the company, we had a hurricane called Hurricane Andrew, which hit the Florida coast. Many of you may remember that. That's, I think, somewhere around 20 years ago, possibly. And uh, one of our horse barns was right in the brunt of it. Total devastation all around, and here's that old horse barn just standing there, proud as can be. Uh, we're now engineering them up to 160-mile-an-hour winds. That's the new government requirement. Unfortunately, the people who are buying buildings that live in those areas are paying a little more money because the building has to have a little more substance. Good evening, Jeff Beeman. I see Jeff is with us from Indiana. He's not on the line live yet, but he will be there shortly. One of the things that one of my, quote, responsibilities in this new venture, it's not a new venture, but uh, I'm having a lot of fun. It's I, I've really never had... Uh, had a lifestyle where I was at a certain place at a certain time, and uh, uh, that's the one thing about this position that's interesting because I do have responsibilities to people around the country, and getting there uh, early is important because of the people on the East Coast in different time zones. But uh, it, it's selling. Uh, that's basically what I'm there for, is to work with people, 
develop and enhance skills that they already possess and uh, make the sales process uh, a bit more functional. And the reason I wanted to discuss selling tonight, uh, Jeff, of course, who's going to be live on the air, is a salesman. He sells automobiles. And uh, for some reason, we've evolved in this country. And I, I really think it's, it's, it's in, it was instilled societally for a reason, because... Um, the two facts that the two facets that are important for sales is number one, you need a buyer in need, and number two, you need a person who can solve that need as professionally as possible with a product of integrity and quality. And actually, the salesman is only presenting a solution to a problem that the other person possesses. And when that's done successfully, both people win, the salesperson and the purchaser. Well, you see, in a perfect sales position, we have two people in power. The salesman is empowered to do his job, and the buyer's empowered to do their job. And and just think, if we make quote, selling a, a dirty word, we're taking away the power of people. Now, now you may laugh at that. And, and what I mean by the power of people, I'm talking about the fact that, um, that uh, people can, can express their sincerity, their belief, and make a decision. Now, if we have a culture of people that don't know how to make decisions... We have a culture of people that can easily be enslaved. Think about that a minute. Uh, everything, you know, oh, the damn telemarketer, oh, the, the, the used car salesman, Jeff's on the line now, the, the car salesman, the insurance salesman, that dirty, rotten insurance salesman. Well, you know, folks, let me tell you something. I was in the insurance business for many years, and I considered it a very successful and honorable profession. And it came very easy because all I did, I didn't do anything but answer questions that people had about problems that they had. They weren't my problems. I had my problems solved. I hung out my shingle. People would come by and said, I have an insurance problem. Oh, what is it? Oh, why do you feel you need to solve that? Oh, uh, how would you suggest that uh, you approach that solution? Uh, may I show you a product or two that have proven to provide a solution to that problem? And, and, and you go through this, this dialogue back and forth, and, and you present them the solution, and uh, they make a decision. And if their decision is no, I don't care. And if their decision is yes, great. I don't really care if they say no. I have done my job. I have presented to them the best possible solution to their problem. Now, the reason my, my, my practice grew, and it grew rapidly, was I talked to people who were decision makers. I talked to people who were used to making up their own mind. I talked to people who were not willy-nilly, societally uh, drifting, drifters, as Napoleon Hill, as the devil says in Outwitting the Devil, in Napoleon Hill's book, Outwitting the Devil, drifters. You see, if we have a nation of drifters, then the devil can take over. The devil being defined any way you want. 
So selling is really, I mean, you know, you, you go to the doctor and he checks you over and he says, Jeff, you have a problem. And Jeff says, really? Well, Jeff knows he has a problem, otherwise he wouldn't be at the doctor's, right, Jeff? Correct. And the doctor says, Jeff, uh, we're going to have to do X, Y, Z, or you're going to have to change your lifestyle. You know. Now, the patient has two choices, to make a valid decision to solve his problem or not. Now, the one difference between the doctor and the salesman is the doctor is going to get paid however you make that decision. That's fine. But you see, the beautiful thing about a salesman is they can make a lot more money than any doctor in the world ever created. I know what doctors make because I managed a lot of doctors' practices, cash flow, and pension plans. I mean, personally, I don't know about Jeff, but I know general sales managers of car agencies that make three, four, five, six times more money than any cardiologist in in, in our in our area. Half a million, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's their that's their their commission income before taxes. A doctor may gross that much. See, a doctor can only see so many people a day. He can only perform so many surgeries a day. But a person involved in sales can touch a lot of people, a lot more people than a doctor, an attorney, or uh, 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 um, actually a, a doctor and attorney, or a real well, a realtor can see a lot of people, I guess. But selling, 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 what is it really? What, 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 if I said, Jeff, define selling to me, how, how in your mind do you define selling? Uh, here lately, Chuck, I've been thinking about it in the, in the terms of helping somebody to make a purchase, helping them to be a buyer. Mm-hmm. Not pers- necessarily persuade, I mean, there's persuasive things out there, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's more of, as you said, Defining, making sure we define their need and providing the correct solution or at least a couple of really good options mm-hmm. and let them make the choice between the two or three options that they have before them. So we're helping, we're helping them to buy, to buy whatever it is that they're needing to buy by giving them the things to buy. Right. Here they are. Here's what they cost. And, it's your decision and, on whether you want it or not. And what is the real uh, outcome of a successful sales, I mean, what is it that a, a successful salesman really does versus a semi-successful person, salesperson, or a lousy salesperson? What's the difference? Uh, well, a, a good salesperson provides the correct solution, right? Uh, and we get a win-win situation that way. Right. Somebody who's just selling something is just throwing something that sounds good at the moment, but it may not be the long-term. Uh, solution that that customer really needed. Right. And in, in many cases, uh, they know very little about the product they're talking about. Yeah, correct. And 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 also in the cell, I found this to be true in the insurance business. It still is today, I'm sure. But uh, in, in the insurance business, a lot of people aren't aware of this. There are companies that pay very high commissions, and there are companies that pay very low commissions mm-hmm. on the same type of product. Now. I was kind of a dumb country bumpkin when I was introduced to the insurance business as a young person in my 20s. But I did have common sense. I inherited that from my father, who instilled common sense in my mind. And when I went to, I was, it was suggested that I look in the insurance business, and I interviewed some insurance agencies, uh, very predominant in Southern California, the big guys, you might say. And uh, 
it was interesting. The first person I met with, very prestigious office in Los Angeles, way up in the sky. And, oh, he was so happy to see me. He, you know, the person who referred me had, had made some good recommendations. And this person said, I just want to let you know, this is the greatest opportunity. We have the greatest opportunity of any company in the United States. We pay more than anybody else. Oh. Well, I wasn't dumb. I did do some studying before I interviewed with these people. I said, well, there must be a reason why you can pay the agent more money. Well, he was kind of evasive. The bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, is their product sunk, stunk. Their, their contract was poorly written. There were loopholes coming out the yin-yang. And the reason they paid a high commission is they needed to entice somebody to go out and sell garbage. And I'm, I'm being very frank. It's interesting that the company I chose, and I was chided for doing this, happened to offer the lousiest pay plan of any insurance company in the United States. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm serious. You know, uh, Jeff could be with Company A. I could be with Company B. They're both reputable companies. Uh, Jeff went out and spent five hours with John and Mary Smith, came back to his office, prepared this beautiful proposal, went back and presented it, and they said yes. I did the very same thing, came up with the same solution for the other couple, and walked away with approximately the same size premium check, and I'm going to get paid less than Jeff. Does that sound right, Jeff? It doesn't sound fair, does it? No, but guess what? Very few people ever... <laughs> Uh, quit. Right. Because my presentation was such that I offered them the opportunity to do the research and they found out that they were getting the best bang for their buck. Why were they getting the best bang for their buck? Because the company could offer them more benefit because they weren't padding my wallet. What does that mean? That means in the long run, I'm making more money with less effort. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Long term customer residual uh, somebody dropping out six months later. Right, and that really is is another key element of what is selling. And I, I see this so evident in the car business. And Jeff, you you want to share some stories about the car business with some of the older gentlemen that you've met, and what, what how do how do they work a little differently than somebody new into the car business? Well, if they're uh, if they're a successful person and they've been at it for a while, they don't have to uh, prospect nearly as hard because they've got return customers that come in and just ask for them. Right. And that's you know they may sell a family. A lot of people think, oh, car sales that's just a that's just a one car deal and you won't see them again for five years. No. Um, if you do it correctly, you're going to get referrals and you're going to get other family members who also may be in the market. Maybe not tomorrow, but they might be in the market three six months from now. Right. Uh, or a year later, and and you've got a continuous contact with a with a network of people. Yeah. In, in in other words, you're not just selling that couple; you're selling every uh, nephew, niece, uh, aunt, uncle, grandparents, and so on. Absolutely, because you took care of them properly. Now, that we're, we're talking about basic nuts and bolts selling. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this also applies to what we call brick and mortar stores. You can have a woman's clothing store downtown, and Walmart is up the street. And I know of personal friends who have women's clothing stores, and Walmart came to town, and everybody threw up their hands that we're going out of business, and their stores blossomed. Now, 
well, you know, the owners of those stores were consummate salespeople. And the staff that they had working for them were consummate, well-trained salespeople, which is something you normally don't see in a box store. You see people who can regurgitate pap and say the same thing over and over again, because that's what they read in the book. And I'm not knocking sales tracks, by the way. But when you walk into a good clothing store, be it a men's or woman's clothing store, and you don't see too many of them around, do you, Jeff? No, not very much anymore. Remember how every town had a, you know, Joe's haberdashery and Millie's uh, fine fashions? Well, thank goodness in the heartland of America, we still have some of those. And some of them are still doing very well because the people who want to go in know that they're going to be shown good merchandise and given an opportunity to make a choice. And what is what is it that they're being shown in that jacket uh, and tie and right. shirt that I couldn't go down to uh, Walmart and just ask the, the person in the blue vest, where would I find this at? Right. Well, one of the differences is, and I learned this at a young, well, when I was back wearing suits, a good friend of mine who was older than myself, and I was a country bumpkin. I come off the farm, you know, and I didn't have any fancy clothes. Didn't really need them, but you know, you're supposed to have some in those days. We did wear coats and ties. And I was going to, I bought a suit off the shelf, and that's when he said, Come on, come on with me. And he took me down to a clothing store. And that person spent a lot of time with me. And I will have to say this I'm, I'm, I'm not a real nice looking person. But I'll tell you what, when I walked out of that store with, well, when I came back to get my suit finally, I was a million bucks, folks. Because this man knew his art, his skill on how to put the, the ensemble together, how to fit the clothing properly, that it accented my good points. Now, there weren't too many good points to accent, but at least he did a hell of a job. And And, and here again is the difference. You know, you go to a shoe store. Uh, and I'm not knocking box stores. Uh, we personally try not to shop at them. Uh, unfortunately, in our town, there's no place to buy underwear. Okay? I'm sorry, guys. There ain't no place to buy underwear in my town. There wasn't in my other town. 20 miles down the road, there were no clothing stores left, unfortunately. So we, we, we have to go to the, quote, got to drive out, you know, I forget how many miles, to, to the Walmart or box store and buy underwear once a year. Okay? Usually at Christmas time, right? That's your Christmas stuff, stocking stuff yeah. or whatever. But uh, our other things that we buy, tires. I, I go to John's Tire, John Cannoli. He's been in the tire business. John's my age. He's 70 years old. He's been in the tire business longer than I've known him. I've known him 37 years. I can pull into his store any time in the last 37 years, pull my car up there, two guys come out to greet me, and if I just want my tires checked for air, which is a good idea. Why don't I check my own? Well, I, you know. Uh, you can't find too many air pumps at the gas station anymore. And the service at the gas station. I was, I was just commenting on that before because I've got a tire problem right now myself. It's right. Like, man, gas stations, they're just not serviced. You can't service anymore. it. But, but here's the interesting thing is that uh, I, I took a car in there, and of course all, all the, uh, what do you call them, rotations are free, right? Mm-hmm. And, and And the guys call you over. Now, it's a tire store, but they also do brakes and stuff. And they just don't tell you you need a set of brakes. They they come over and show you why. 
and and the now we suggest that you get this done soon. That's selling, isn't it? I mean, they didn't have to go to that extra effort. But uh, and then it's my choice whether I want the brakes fixed or not. And and I don't know why it is. You know, if if his price is seventy nine ninety five, and I saw an ad in the paper, if I drive across the river to the next big town and it's fifty nine dollars, you know what? It isn't worth the drive because those people aren't going to remember me the next time I come back. But I'm going to be remembered at John's Tires. That's salesmanship. Yeah. Unless they got you on a good list check and they can pull you up in the computer and say, oh, yes, check Bartok. Well, yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a whole other talk show. Yeah, that's a whole other talk show. And it works, by the way. We did it at the golf course, you know. Hi, Jeff. Haven't seen you here on the course for two years. Where have you been hiding? Yeah. How did you know that? Well, because I, my little computer here in the starter shack tells me that you haven't been on the golf course for two years, you know. But at least it opened up some conversation. And that's, you know what? There we are using technology to our advantage to sell. Because the starter at the golf, you're already there. You already paid your green fees, correct? Correct. You come on out to the starter shack. I'm going to tell you where the pin placement is today. I'm going to tell you the wind's blowing a little bit out of the south of 10 miles because I got a little weather station in the starter shack and all that good stuff. And, uh, what we're trying to do is make your experience more enjoyable so that you will come back again. Isn't that all part of this service? service the, word, the word I was looking for you to use uh, talking about the, clo- the clothing and everything else is, you know, people, uh, discretionary income is just hard to, to come by anymore. And, uh, and even before, even before when it was, okay to have discretionary income, but still people don't always want to let go of their money. You, you, they provide a, or they tell you they've got a need or a problem, you mm-hmm. provide the solution, but you providing the solution compared to a just a, a, a store yeah. um, is the fact of adding value. Adding value. But if you add the value, if you make the value high enough, uh, the rest of it all just kind of falls into place. There you so go. It makes the decision for the customer. Selling, 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 selling. Is it a good or bad? You know, what, what prompted me on this was um, uh, one of the groups I belong to on social media, no links allowed, it, 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 there's some good discussions. But every day, these energetic, enthusiastic people who are trying to build their business, I, I don't know why, where this undertone is, is that number one, they need to improve themselves. I guess because some guru told them. But you know, the the beautiful thing about life is if we sit down and look in the mirror, almost everybody I know is pretty good right now. And and, and if they take their good points, and we all have good points, we all have things that we excel at, and write those down on a piece of paper and put all the things that we're weak at on the other side of the paper, tear the paper down the middle and burn the one that's weak, and focus your energy on expanding what you're already good at. Some of these marketing guys, you go to these meetings and, and, and they browbeat the hell out of everybody. Well, anyway, this one discussion I got in, and you know that I'm not very gracious and I probably rankle a lot of people, but I said the word selling, and, and the one guy, oh, I don't sell. I don't sell. So, so I guess that's what kind of prompted me with the, um, uh, you, you might say the word selling. See, I don't think selling is a dirty word. 
I mean, I think it's honorable. And actually, and, and everybody on this show has heard this before, the best things that ever happened to anybody listening to this program today, tomorrow, and in the future was the result of a sale. You've had more positive things in your life that were the result of a sale than you had negative. Do you concur, Jeff? Yeah, I would. I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I'm you and I wouldn't. Up, you I'm and not I wouldn't. Up any examples right at the moment? <laughs> well, I, I can name you one, Jeff. You're here because of the result of a sale. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're walking, talking, and breathing because of the result of a sale. I don't know if your mom sold your dad or your dad sold your mom, but somebody had to sell somebody something. Yep, that's right. People don't. People get caught up in the whole process, thought process of the sale being money transaction, and yeah. it's not. It's it's the convict, convicting somebody to an idea. You and your wife have your beautiful family because of the result of a sale. That's right. Seventy-five cents in my case. <laughs> that's, a, that's a family joke. Yeah, you know. But uh, when, my, uh, when when we were getting married, uh, and and my beautiful bride's father gave her away, I had to give him seventy five cents. Oh, you did? So, yeah, <laughs> that was that was the transaction at the altar. Yeah, we we, we put a value to it. Huh? <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, you know, we started a little late. I don't know if we ranted and raved too long about selling. Did you have any uh, major point you'd like to discuss tonight or, or share with the group? Uh, we don't have anybody with us tonight, but I'm going to broadcast the show again to let the world know that we're back on the air and uh, you might have something to share that's important to you or a question that you might have. Uh, no, I didn't uh, really come prepared with anything other than I, I will be commented on uh, some of the discussions you've you've had, and I've been having some discussions. I've uh, been seeing a lot of activity on some group pages as well, and uh, there's a lot. There's a group uh, or a company out there, I should say, that uh, is teaching their people how to go into these group pages, mm-hmm. and regardless of the rules of the page, yeah. go ahead and and say, uh, you know, promote their business. They're not leaving a link. Right. To anything, which is fine, but they are asking, you know, if you're interested in in making more money, right? Home business, so on and so forth. So I've been com- I've been messaging back to these folks, finding out that the that the majority of them are all attached to one company, uh-huh. and um, this particular company, curiously enough, doesn't allow uh, the promotion of their product per se <laughs> online. Uh-huh. And it's, a, it's a health and wellness company, so they've got a lot. I'm sure they've got a lot of different products. Right. Um, but I find that interesting that they don't want to uh, promote the actual product online. Oh. It's more about the the business sign up. And uh, I've even ran across a couple now that are even changing the name oh. of what they say the company is. Oh, really? They don't throw so you know get somebody who's already uh, been down that path and. Uh, it's just curious as to this, you know, when you think about the sales process and, and it's things like that that gives the salesperson, the legitimate salesperson, uh, a bad rap. You know, it's the bad apple spoiling the whole bunch kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 
you know, I'm I'm trying to. I've, I've actually accumulated a few people onto. Uh, hopefully, a couple of them will be with me on a Google Hangout tomorrow night. Good. And we're going to start talking. I've got them interested in the fact of how to market a little better online, and uh, we're going to talk about building a list mm-hmm. and why we need to build a list because they're they're just basically having chat conversations and they have no no way of reaching back to their prospects. Right. Right. And uh, but hopefully it'll move them in a better direction so they understand the sales process a little better than trying to hide what they're doing right. behind you know whatever it is that they're being told to do. So we'll you know, does the company that is purporting this being the method do they actually have a product or is it some kind of a species package of rehashed information? No, this is a, this is actually a, a fairly well-known health and wellness company. Oh, really? Uh, been in business for several years, so they huh. they do have the actual health uh, products, but um, but they're known for being a little secretive, uh, secretive or side sidestepping some things. Here. See, see, you brought up an interesting thing because because I have my own you know direction and feelings. Everyone discusses at great length the advantages of what we call network marketing, MLM, or you know all of the terms, multi-level marketing. Sure. The you said that they're promoting the opportunity, which is kind of interesting because the opportunity is empty. All of these opportunities, the quote opportunity is non-touchable, non-smellable, non-feelable, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I, I guess I missed something in, in my youth, but if you talk to me about a bale of manure, that's something I can touch, smell, and feel. But if you tried to sell me on the opportunity that this manure is going to grow me a better crop, that's a tougher sell. Or to sell me on the fact that that manure is going to put money in my pocket. But I can't see the manure. You just have to take my word that this is good stuff, you see. Mm-hmm. And and so that that's why I could never see, and I'm, you know, I'm, Obviously, I'm not a multimillionaire sitting here lapping in the luxury of life, but uh, we're comfortable. The uh, uh, all of these people that promote the opportunity—I've never. There's no other business that people promote the opportunity before they promote the product. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because. Maybe that's why the failure rate, or, or those who don't succeed, is so large because there's nothing there. But we do know that any of these companies that have a vile product, I swear to God, there's not, there's not a, there's most of these products are good, ladies and gentlemen. I, I believe most of them are good. But if you went out and sold one bottle of vitamin a day to one new person, and you did that every day for three or four months, you can't help. <laughs> My wife just walked through and cast cast aspersions to me. She says you've been on the phone too long. But anyway, um, you can't help make money. Isn't that true? Whether that person that you sold the vitamin to ever sold any more, you're still making money for your effort. Is that true? That's correct. Or car, you know, whatever vitamin. I, I doesn't. I shouldn't say vitamins, but but if you go out and tell everybody, I have a wonderful way for you to make money. Uh, 
I, I, I think you're going to have to talk to kiss an awful lot of toads before you're going to find one that jumps off the, the pad, you know. But all those toads that you missed, you could have sold them something that they wanted. I, I don't know. I, I think backwards, Jeff. I, I know that well, I... Well, you know, there's, there's positives and negatives to, to both sides of that and, you know, leading product uh, first because that's what you're supposed to be doing is selling the product to be a legitimate business uh, in the first place. Um, and I, and I, you know, I, I do it myself. I've got, I've got, uh, programs out there that are basically the promotion of it is to help you build your business so that you can make more money. So in a sense, it's the same, same deal. But, uh, but if you leave with a product to say, here's your, I'm seeing you with this, this need, do you feel like that's, that's a, a viable need or you have a viable issue within your business, your program or whatever, and they say yes, and I provide a product solution, and then if they say, well, hey, that's pretty cool, what did you learn how to do that, then I can, you know, I can say, okay, well, check out the, the company that I right. learned that from or the person that I learned that from, mm-hmm. and if you want to do the same thing we're doing, then so be it, you know, so, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a it's a crazy world out there, and because so many people can hide behind uh, an email instead of yeah. actually being the salesperson that they need to be, right? Yeah, you know, a lot of times. Yeah, we do something yeah. different, you know. Uh, our the, 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 the I can't call it the new business; it's the old business. But we're using we're using modern technology. And we get about, this is a small niche market, so don't everybody get excited about the numbers, but approximately 30 to 40 people a day around the United States go to our website and design what it is they want and send us a price request, okay? Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I'm there is a lot of people thought, well, all I have to do is price it and send it back to you. And then everybody wondered the last couple of years why the sales weren't there. <laughs> Well, the interesting thing is I, we've kind of instituted a new thing is before you even get a pencil out, you know, a pencil and calculator, you call that person and you don't do a thing until you spoke to that person. And you do it by making a telephone call and leaving a message or if you're lucky enough, you're speaking to them. And if it's not a good time, you ask a good time to get back to them. And the reason you're calling them back is in order for you to serve them best, there are some questions that need to be answered, which can't be answered on the Internet. But the contact of the business uh, transaction was initiated Correct. by the technology. Correct. Now, it's interesting, and maybe I've shared this before, but I had a call from I mean, a gentleman did the initiation back in 1st of July, actually the last day of June, I think. And he wanted something very simple, a $3,000 solution, okay? And I called him, and he happens to be an executive of a very large corporation. And, uh, you know, he didn't just fall off the banana boat, okay? okay? And he said, well, how much is X? And I said, well, let me ask you this. What do you want to use X for? And then he went into the history of how he and his wife got involved into this hobby and, you know, what their feelings are. And and we're talking, right? No prices, no prices. So I said, well, I'll get back to you. And with my experience, I might have some solutions for you. 
Now, let's assume I didn't have the experience. What I would do if I didn't have the experience, I'd talk to somebody like you because you have the experience, and after I got off the phone, you'd help me, right? You know, you'd, you'd help me solve this person's experience. Well, the bottom line, we were on the phone three times today, and here is the ultimate of something that originally was a $3,000 request. He's sending a deposit larger than that for the first, the first uh, phase of a $120,000 decision. Okay? It's been four weeks. He had some things to do himself. I asked he and his wife to travel to their local state fairgrounds and look at X because I knew that X happened to be at that local state fairgrounds. And they looked at it, kicked it, you know, smelt it, touched it. Then I said, okay, now, what were your feelings about that? You know, how, how did you react to that? What did you see that you liked? What did you see that you didn't like? And so on. And uh, so there was no selling involved on my part. You know, it's but I listened carefully to what he was wanted to do. And basically, what he was going to do was he had a local contractor that was going to build him a wooden building. All he was going to get from me was something temporarily. Okay. Well, now he is a hundred percent sold on the fact that that would have been the foolish, most foolish mistake in the world to buy the wooden building, because the difference in value between the two is night and day. The difference in maintenance, the difference in bullet, I mean, all the bullet points and benefits and everything else. And as he said, he's not a young man. I mean, he's not an old man. But he says, and should my wife and I not continue to be interested in this hobby, I know that we can, that building can be sold, taken down and sold for just about what we paid for it, which the other building couldn't. But guess what? He found out all those things not because I sold him anything, but because I pointed him in the right direction. And I'm not saying this to put any kudos on my part, because what I just did, Jeff, is something that you do every day, and it's something that everybody on this show listening has done in the past if they're not doing it daily. We just have to constantly be fine-tuning our skills. I'd sure as hell rather tell my story 20 times than go to some seminar and listen to somebody else tell me how to do it. I know you'd much rather make five car presentations than going to a meeting. Because <laughs> you don't learn much at the meeting, but you learn an awful lot talking to that person. Yeah, On occasion, you pick up a thing or two to help you, help you yeah. along with those presentations. But, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, if I if I bounce out on you here, my phone's lighting up, telling me my uh, battery's about dead. Okay, well I better leave too because my wife told me my battery's about dead. So there you uh, go. Pay attention to her. Jeff, I sure appreciate you joining us today, and everybody else who uh, may be listening today, tomorrow, in the future. Uh, we're going to hang out again on Wednesdays again. I'm, I'm pretty sure. You know, if I if I'm not here, it's because at my age. The one thing about going to this little office a couple hours a day is it, 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 it's been an adjustment for me, and I have been known to come home and fall asleep. So, uh, <laughs> you know, even though it's early my time, it's still late in my time because I usually start my day about 4. Anyway, thank you all very much for joining us. Jeff Beeman, keep up the good work. And is there any place that you would like our listeners to be tomorrow or the next day? What have you got going? 
Oh, well, I am going to try to get a Google Hangout in place for tomorrow night to talk a little bit about list building. And uh, if anybody wants to just go to jeffbeamanonline.com uh, and uh, look for Coffee with Jeff, the tab that's on there. Okay. Uh, should be, if I get it set up correctly, it should be streaming live uh, tomorrow night about 10 o'clock. And, uh, that's Eastern? Watch, uh, yes. Uh-huh. All right. And you can watch from there, and hopefully we'll have a couple of guests. And I plan on sending you a link, Chuck. If you're available, great. If not, okay. I understand. And, All right, uh, sir. Try to have a couple of little bit of a discussion uh, going that route tomorrow. Sounds good, Jeff. And thank you very much for joining us, everybody else today, tomorrow, in the future. This is Chuck Bartok speaking to you from the banks of the Sacramento River. And I just like selling. It's terrible. Uh, it, all my life, uh, everything I've, you know, farming, we had to sell our produce to make a living. Growing the produce was fun, but selling it was even more fun. And all those people that bought the produce over the years felt good about it. They were delivered a quality product at a fair price. And they kept coming back for more. And that's the secret of enjoying a life of selling. Jeff, thank you very much. Pardon me? I'm sorry, pursuing a legitimate profit. There you go. There you go. Well, if you're not, you're not going to be in business. So you, 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 no matter how good you are, you couldn't provide it anymore. So thank you very much, Jeff. Bye-bye. Have a good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.